welcome to Crate Expectations. I'm Tom H.E. Kennedy, joined by Matt A.D. Carvalho, Chris B.A. Palumbo and Dan N.G. Lozier. And today we are talking about... Loud noises! <laughs> <laughs> Groovy guys, second episode of the year. How is everyone? What's been going on? I just, I just want the listeners to know that I'm going to have the horns up the entire episode. Excellent. I'm going to keep my hands like this the whole time. <laughs> That wouldn't be awkward oh. at all. I'll have my hair down so I can get the hair. Yeah, I was going to say mine's down today. Oh <laughs> yeah, Matt's. Holy shit, Matt! Your hair is long today. <laughs> holy crap! I didn't. I thought that. I thought that was like a, a hat you were a wearing wig? or something. Uh, it's a all wig, good. yeah. So just, Matt wins the just head for the bang challenge episode. Exactly. Yeah. So he wins the headbang challenge. I want to see some windmills later, Matt. <laughs> all right. So we're talking about albums that are best played loud. Before we get into it, I've got some anecdotes on bands who like it loud from a little place I like to call the internet. So in 1969, Led Zeppelin brought an earthquake of sound to a tour of Canada, hitting an ear-shattering 130 decibels during a live performance of Heartbreaker. Wow. Wow. To give you an idea for those non-amp heads out there, 70 decibels over a long period of time can cause damage. 120 decibels can cause immediate harm, and 130 is considered the threshold of pain. Wow. So just to give you some idea of that Zep tour. Earthquake of Sound. Grateful Dead built an enormous PA system in the 70s called the Wall of Sound. Love this it. is the largest concert sound system built to date. Dan, Matt, Chris, you probably have a better idea of this. I'm not uh, as much of a gearhead as you guys, but it had 89 300-watt solid state and three 350-watt vacuum tube amplifiers. 350-watt wow. tube amps? <laughs> Generating 26,000 watts of audio power. Oh it was 640 God. speakers. Oh, that is insanity. That's crazy. Let's talk about ACDC. Angus Young, punk rock Chuck Berry at nosebleed volume. In 2015, like recently, the guy's in his 60s, 70s? The gig was so loud in Auckland that it could be heard four miles away. Oh, my That's God. That's insane. Wow. Motorhead. Okay. Got to talk about Motorhead if we're talking about... Have to. We're talking about loud noises. They talk about a loud, fast, raucous, speed freak rock and roll. That's what Lemmy referred to Motorhead as. And they lay claim to being the loudest band in the world, saying that their music was so loud, if they moved next door to you, your lawn would die. <laughs> That's a good line. That is That's a good awesome. line. Rest in peace, Lemmy. Lemmy, what a prodigy! Legend. Prodigy, one of my absolute favourites. Took English EDM to new heights in the nineties, bringing that high intensity electronic punk to huge festivals all around the world. Their sound system was rumoured to literally rattle skeletons in the audience, and have the potential to bring down low flying aircraft. Oh, wow! Jesus Christ. Believe it if you may. And then a couple of last little ones. Spinal Tap, so loud they turn their amps up to 11. Brick Tamlin likes loud noises. And finally, the loudest band in the galaxy, Chris, this one's for you, is a plutonium rock band called Disaster Area, or so says Douglas Adams. So <laughs> let's kick this thing off. Chris, I just mentioned Douglas Adams, so you can start us off. Let's talk about pop, morbid stuff. Oh. All right. Um, this was this was tricky because I had, I 
I like to listen to music really loud. Like I love loud music, especially in the car. Oh, the best. So, yeah. For oh, those yeah. who don't don't know, I drive a baby blue 2007 PT Cruiser. I still have that car. <laughs> oh, it's 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 running on on empty. Like I had to get it boosted yesterday because I have to get it boosted every day actually. But that's another another story. Um, but what I've done to this car is because there's room, and my wife and kid refuse to drive in it because it's so old and falling apart that I have shoved as many speakers in it as possible. <laughs> oh, so I, I think I'm it. now up to oh, I'm now sick. up to twelve. Nice. <laughs> I had to I had to sub twelve but I had speakers. In the PT. In the yeah. family cruiser. In the family, in the, yeah, in the family cruiser. Uh, I had to sell the two, um, I had two subs in the back, two 12-inch subs in the back. I had to sell those to get a new battery for the car because I refused to put any money into it. So it's just all speakers, no subs. <laughs> just I, I, driving. I, I wonder why you're replacing so many batteries in that car. <laughs> and two, two mobile speakers and subwoofers. <laughs> mobile and it's public all, address system. Yeah, all the all <laughs> DIY. All it's all it's, it's so good. It, it wouldn't be yeah. Chris' car if it wasn't DIY. Yeah. No, no, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be anyway. But like, so I like to listen to music loud, and so picking this one out was pretty tough. And I was driving home the one day after talking to you guys, and I was debating like Rage Against the Machine. I was debating even. Even Limp Biscuit slipped slipped into my mind and Corn because yeah. those bands are I know what they're not even a Limp Biscuit fan really but those bands loud there's something about them Freak but Freak on a Leash at eleven Freak on a oh, Leash at eleven don't yeah, yeah. yeah. Break stuff, Nelson Break yeah, Break stuff from Limp Biscuit on a like eleven yeah, is that's another you one you can't not jump around yeah, it's, I agree it's yeah. it's something about it but but I'm really album, glad you didn't pick that oh me too like. If you did, I would have been on, on board for that for, for sure. Oh, I was a fan it. back in the day. Oh, well, yeah, so was I. Totally. Yeah, so, so was I. But like, but this album, you can't. I can't listen to it quiet. Even, even if like I'm home and I put it on and I'm making dinner or my daughter's in the room, I find myself going up like to the amp and I'm like turning it up a little by little, and then eventually it's like, oh, this is too loud. Like I have to turn it down. <laughs> right, like the. The windows start shaking and you just <laughs> you just feel this like inner turmoil um, from this band. And there's nothing there's nothing you can do. It's just solid songs after solid songs. Um, now, I'm going to say this is a classic Canadian kind of pop punky punk. Even some of their songs are like a little more hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dan might might debate me on that one a little bit. Um I might. But it's this. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about yeah. that real quick. Okay. So you're saying pop punk. Yes. I, I think I said last week like aggressive Weezer. And yes, Dan, you did. Yeah. Dan, Dan, what's your what's your take? Is this pop punk? Man, like, I I, I guess you could kind of. I guess it's like to, I, I'd say it's towing the line of pop punk. The thing that it's missing for me to to say it's punk is the classic punk drum line. Mm. I, I don't okay. I don't get that in this music like this this has actually to me has such a distinctive like I would almost call it like Canadian punk like can punk yeah which is I, very distinctive to like punk rock mm. um, or I pop think- punk because it just it misses that drum line and it, it almost it, like it sounded like a Hey Rosetta album to me minus the folk oh okay all right which which I is kind of what drew me to it. It's not your classic 
uh, everything sounds the same kind of yeah. punk rock. Mm-hmm. They take that pop punk or punk yeah. rock or even some of their songs are kind of emo with like the way the yeah. emotion are coming through. And they spin it, I guess you're right, with that kind of can rock attitude or even that that can rock um, like riff cycles that so they like do. So the, like the emo and hardcore, yeah. Yeah, uh, it yeah. for sure has emo and hardcore. It's got it. a bit of I, alt, you know, it's alt rock. Alt, even yeah. a little, I, I kind of listening to it, I was even, and this sounds weird, I was getting Arcade Fire vibes from some of it. Indie rock for yeah. sure. Man. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, indie, indie rock. rock is huge. Now, the interesting thing is, and maybe this is, I consider them punk because this isn't my first album listened by them, right? I've listened mm. to, like, most of their stuff through the years, and yeah. if you go back further, you hear more of those those punk roots, Mm. Um, in their in their uh, in their songs, and even some variations of these songs that they put out on EPs are a little more punky, which is yeah. kind of cool. But I think they nailed it with this album. Like the sound comes through, the emotion comes through, and you just have to, like, you have to turn it up. You can't. I find myself like screaming at the top of my lungs at certain lines, uh, mm-hmm. which awesome. is very hard for me to do. Like. With a small Lately, child with, in the house, <laughs> yeah. Well, even outside, no, like I found in I was, the car, in the car, or like with my headphones in, I was like doing like I don't know gardening, and I'm just like all of a sudden I'm just like screaming a line outside, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, you catch yourself, right? And I was like, no, this is it. This is this is my play it loud. Oh. This is like a scene from a movie where a guy's having a midlife crisis, and he's like trimming the hedge in the garden, <laughs> listening to this aggressive music really loud. <laughs> Next thing you know, the hedge is like half as short in one section. <laughs> oh boy! So, like Chris, Chris, honestly, the, the the first, it's funny that you you talk about listening to loud music in the car because the first time I listened to this album was while I was driving, and it was it was like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta crank this up a little bit harder. I love this album from start to finish. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was so good. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong on on my pretentious trying to recategorize the, the genre of the music, but, like, I, I, I don't really care what the genre is. It was a phenom- phenomenal album, and it is something that you have to listen to loud. Like, it was... It had some heavy portions to it. Um, it's a solid pick, man. Like, it, and a, a band a band I've never heard of until until you introduce it to me, so that's... Likewise. I'm, I'm really glad you picked this one for Play It Loud. Very un- I- unconventional pick. Right, and I thought it it deserved a, a run at it. And I like how you said, like, you need to listen to it loud even during, like, some of the songs that are more, like, breakdown songs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's see you, at, uh, see you at Your Funeral, which ends, like, really emotionally. And then the next song after that is called Scorpion Hill. And it's just that very, like, mystic, like, just, just words coming in uh, to the song. Mm-hmm. And it just ends, like, suddenly and starts suddenly. And it's a very cool transition, but it doesn't feel forced. It feels like, I don't know who actually, who mixed this, if it was the band or uh, their producer, but whoever put the album and the songs in order, mm. I think, I think that's what led to this album being, being so good. It works so well from start to finish. Yeah, that's really, really again, good flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah again, which I find, I've been struggling, struggling lately. I tend to skip a lot. And on this album, I wasn't skipping very many. Uh, I do a lot more now when, especially on Spotify, uh, when I'm driving and things, if I want to get amped up, I'll skip a couple. But yeah, I thought I, I agree with you, Dan, on that on that sense. It's a it it does a good job on on so many levels. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I almost felt like listening to this. It kind of tells a story. It, that, that's the kind of vibe I got from it. Um, 
it was great. I love uh, one of my favorite riffs on the entire album is kids. As soon as that starts off and then the drums kick in, oh, I'm like, yep, turn it up. Yeah, yeah totally. Like, you just got to turn it up. There's yeah. some really strong lyrics on this record too, which I absolutely love. I love when songs are really, really lyric driven. Uh, they're really emotional and that also really dragged me into this record. It was fa fantastic. Yeah, I feel, Matt, when you're saying lyric driven, there's a couple, that's what actually got me onto this band. I, I think it was like, I put them on Spotify randomly and mm -hmm. one of the lines that caught me was, um, oh, like, um, like how can, how can, I can't even support myself. How can I support yeah, my kids? That's a good one. And like my, my wife was pregnant at the time and I was like, <laughs> it's the middle of the pandemic. I don't have a job because like every, the schools are shut down. Yeah. Like my wife is working from home on a bouncy ball because we didn't have a desk chair. Right. We're like. What is going on? And then I just like got what sucked What am I doing? In. You're the man, professor! You're the man if you stay in school, JJ! All right. All right, you. Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah, like, we weren't expecting, yeah. Wow. Uh, it was just like chaotic and it was, this is the perfect kind of uh, record for the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's, I was telling, I think I was discussing it with Tom earlier. I call it like socioeconomic punk or like socioeconomic rock where it's like this, this, middle class society where they're like they feel like they've done everything that they've been told to do and it still doesn't work yeah uh which is yeah which is interesting where old school punk seems to be more like we're doing everything we're not told to do mm. and we're, saying, we're gonna make system. it work right oh, where this man. was like we tried the system and we still got fucked that's so a, that's a really great insight chris mm -hmm. that, yeah, well, it's yeah. like it's like if you're if i, I got a lot of like they're talking a lot about anxiety and depression and like death mm-hmm yeah. Which like fits exactly into that theme. Yeah, it's a real yeah. pick me up. Oh yeah. yeah, it is. It was yeah. <laughs> but honestly, sometimes I treated it as a pick me up, or I'm like, I treated it as a way to get my emotions out, which was why I was outside yeah. screaming it. You know, at into the, the hedge. Void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah it's a tomato plants. I wonder they for, didn't grow for, this year. The thing <laughs> is, though, is that like, yeah, yeah, the themes in the music are about anxiety and depression and death, which are like some of the darkest themes of, of humanity. But it, it takes art like this to be able to talk about it, to be able to lift you out of that space, right? And it's like actually stuff. high tempo and mm -hmm. high energy yeah. music. So, it's not it's not droning. It's like it gets you amped. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you need that high energy and to, to be able to scream to let that anxiety and that depression come out of you, right? Yeah, and, and that I think, totally does it. This, yeah, this album sure. rocked. Yeah, my yeah. no, great, great pick, like. I don't, I'd never heard of them and I'd never listened to them and I put it on and I was driving too. It's weird. We all listened to it while we were driving in the car. That's great. And I like, I had to crank it. Yeah. yeah. Turn yeah. it up oh. to 11. Yeah. This is a turn it up to 11 uh, kind of album. Now they, I've never seen them live because when I discovered them, I bought tickets and then the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when I tried to buy tickets in May, it sold out really quick. They got a mm -hmm. pretty good following here. So hopefully um, when things slow down a bit, I'll get to see them. I did read on their Instagram page uh, about a month ago that they went through some hard times during the pandemic. Uh, they put out like an EP uh, called This Place Sucks Ass. And I wasn't actually a big fan. Uh, it great, great it kind of sound. Right? Yeah, it's a great, great <laughs> title. Great artwork. The, this band does really fun, quirky artwork um, that I, I really enjoy. I have like I got a band tee because I tried to support them um, during the shutdown and all that. Right on. Um, but I feel like they finally made, so you heard they, they, with this album, they got successful. And then the next album they're putting out, because they're known for these kind of dark undertones, but uh, in aggressive riffs, you could hear that they were kind of happy 
doing this, but trying to not be happy in their music, mm-hmm. and it didn't come across very well. Mm. Uh, and they almost broke up over it. Um, fighting, fighting yeah, the, the uh, yeah, fighting their nature. Nature, right? So, which was interesting. And then now they put out a couple more songs, and they're a lot better. So I'm excited to see what their next album is. Hopefully, it's coming out. Hopefully, soon, it's though. more. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, in May. Soon, and I, I think it's May. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing a couple things. I did some. I did, looked it up a couple weeks ago, um, and I'm just gonna when it. I it did pop up like pre-order now, so yeah, you know it's coming. I was gonna say the vinyl's up for pre-order. Yeah, so so, I'm so Matt, gonna, Matt's got two of them on back order. <laughs> one one for gonna, collecting, one for listening. Yeah. Yep. You're goddamn right. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I hope it's not as overproduced. I feel like they. I thought they the production quality on Morbid stuff was perfect, amazing. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was like they just, don't need any more than that. Very just seamless. Produce, just produce your four your four instruments. That's mm-hmm. what gave yep. me the Arcade Fire vibes. Was just yep. like you're listening to it and instrumentation excellent, production excellent. The way, as you said, the tracks were seamless. You know, it yep. told a story. You went on a journey. Just a yep. banger, Chris. Great choice. It is. And uh, you know what? I I really hope they can keep it up, or they can at least coast for yeah. a bit and then maybe find something new or creative to come into this there's always something to feel shit about oh wow they, they won a juno album for that help for for morbid stuff oh wow did that yeah i know for, they won uh, so they found a couple things alternative album of the year oh nice yeah what? it's easily so good what's your uh what's your track to you got one track to get people hooked what is it um i think uh I think we'll go with uh, Sibling Rivalry. Great choice. I like choice. Sibling. I like that song. It tells right. a story. It's angry, but you sing along really, really easy to sing along to, right? You can pick out like a chorus that you know is going to yeah. come next, which is that pop punky feel, and you can just scream it. And even if you have no idea what the rest of the song's about, you can at least enjoy that section. So I'm going to go with Sibling Rivalry. So yeah, check it out. Awesome. Pop, morbid stuff. Check it out and crank it. Good crank stuff. it. Matt, you've got uh, you kind of got some slash vibes going on there with those long locks. <laughs> what, Man, that uh, was completely unintentional. That is a wig. It is missing. We're just missing. Just missing a top hat. I don't have one. <laughs> what do you, What do you? I feel like that was a, a natural segue. What do you have for us, Matt? So for mine, I'm going Guns N' Roses' "Appetite for Destruction." I feel like this is a quintessential uh, album every rock fan's got to have. This is one you. When you listen to it, you listen to it as loud as you possibly can. Turn it up to a lip. Are you saying yeah. I'm not a rock fan, Matt? I was just about to say, I could tell by the look on your face, Dan, you're unimpressed. I know you're a huge rock fan, but I I know this isn't your cup of tea. Uh, no. But I, I love this record. Uh, I don't know. Have you guys, do you guys know any history about like the recording of this album? I'd actually love to hear about this. Yeah, yeah me so, too. I have no idea. Okay, so second question before I get into it. Have any of you read any of the books written by any members of the band? No, Definitely not. Okay, so I've read Slash's book, and he dives pretty deep into the recording of this record, um, getting into, like, the production, like, going to the studio late night, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, one thing, that, or a couple of things that kind of stick out to me is when they were finally finished recording this album— um, the mixing of it was actually quite intense. Like they had, I think it was one or two guys um, at the mixing console, like 
doing fader rides up and down, up and down for every song, the solos, like um, different sections of the song, you name it. It was quite intense and apparently it took quite a long time. Um, another kind of fun story with this one for the song Rocket Queen, when you hear the girl moaning uh, throughout the end of the song, during the recording process, they wanted to get an authentic experience, so to speak. So what they did was um, the whole recording crew like lit candles, made a nice little environment in the recording studio in the booth, and Axel brought his girlfriend uh, that he had in at the time, and they had a nice time together. So all that is Axel and his girlfriend making wow. love during that. That, that made the record. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine listening, like you're listening That's to that. That's awkward. Yeah. That would yeah, must that have been awkward. so awkward for the guys, like the engineers and stuff. Yeah. No, nah, they were just high. They were probably, yeah. A I, lot of coke. A yeah. lot of coke. Yeah, this, I can see a lot of coke. Oh, I think tons. this was right before they got re really, really heavy into the drugs. Oh. So they were just, just like sort of normal level drugs, not like insane Guns N' Roses level drugs? Yeah, if memory <laughs> serves me right, I, I don't think they had uh, Sorry, I don't think they dove that deep into it yet. I think it was just more coke, like... coke, not heroin. The, <laughs> it was more like the drinking and just the partying. I think yeah. at, the, at that that's where they were at that time. Well, I I, I got to say I know I know I'm pretty hard on Guns N' Roses during our uh, band that you don't that you can't get into. No, what? Um, <laughs> I thought you liked it. But them. you know the the thing is is that this is the this music gets played all the time, right? And yeah, '80s '80s rock, I've just never been able to get into. It's like the the flashy riffs and and the heavy sound. And the big solos, so like I, I, what I did was I don't remember the la actually the the last time I've listened to this whole album front to back, and I don't actually think I have ever listened to the whole thing until last week when I listened for, or to do it just for this episode, mm -hmm. and it is a great album. Like yeah. it's ob objectively, look at ob Dan. Ob objectively, like I'm not a fan of Guns N' Roses, but. You're going to trip I, over if you keep walking back this fast. I, I, I listened to it with an objective mind to say, is this a good album? Like, uh, yeah, they're obviously a really good rock band. Like how Slash is a really good guitarist and, and the songs are really well written. You know, there was a moment that I, uh, that I really love is in uh, Welcome to the Jungle when they have that breakdown. Oh, I love that. That to me is like, it's really, really good music, but um, yeah. Objectively, great album. That's what. That's where I'll keep it. Yeah, that's this fair. retraction is I brought feel to like, you by Dan Lozier. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I feel like this album itself could be a greatest hits. Like, there's so totally. many bangers off yeah. this album, yeah. Yeah. start to finish. Yeah. For, for, I, uh, a for a debut album to be that, that's it's huge. That's I think crazy, it's like eh? the seventh best uh, debut album or selling album of all time, something like that. Wow, wow. I, I I'm much like Dan. I hadn't listened to it. Um, all the way through for a long time, mostly because I had like a Gunner's Greatest Hits CD when I was in high school and mm -hmm. I used to listen to it in my car all the time and I just got to the point of like overconsumption of Guns N' Roses and I, and and then probably Y108 Rocks um, yeah. also ruined it for I me. I feel like, uh, unfortunately, you know, any rock radio station kills all the big songs on this record and they're great records but 
when you're hearing them two, three times a day, sometimes, you know, you're hearing them five times on the, yeah. uh, on the radio a week, it, it gets a bit much. Yeah, like Sweet Child of Mine, that, yeah. that, that, that riff, as soon as you hear it, you're just like, oh, my God, I've heard this so many times. <laughs> but there are so many bangers on this album yeah. and you have to turn it up loud. I agree. Yeah. Agreed. Tom, yeah, great, great choice for loud, yeah. Yeah. Tom, I love how you say you got, you're sick of it and you had, like, the greatest hits in your car. This this album, I think I mentioned it when we were talking Guns N' Roses before, is banned at my uncle's cottage because <laughs> when I discovered Guns N' Roses, I went up there and I only brought one CD. And the, whole weekend, destruction. and the whole weekend, it just <laughs> it just played to the point where I still think so. If Uncle Sam, if you're listening out there, I remember you still can't listen to to Guns N' Roses anymore <laughs> because I just killed it over you and over it. and over. <laughs> Especially Sweet Trial of Mine, I'm pretty sure I just hit... You know, on the old CD players, you can be repeat. like repeat once. Yeah, I'm just pretty sure I clicked it like 30 times. And it just kept kept going. Would you say that gave Uncle Sam an appetite for destruction? Oh, oh boy! I'll show myself out. <laughs> yeah, don't play that section loud, guys. Yeah. <laughs> What's um, great about Matt, this record too is like. I feel like any any song on this album could have been a single. Like all the songs are really strong. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no throwaways on this record. For, for or sure. killer no filler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Night train. I love like, night train. I forgot. I kind of forgot about this song. Like I I was again on my way home from work, and then I got home and it, I didn't finish the song, and I came in and put it on, and no one else was home, so I turned it up, and I was like. Night Train just got, it gets you fired up. Yeah. What a, like, yeah. I forgot the. Out to Get Me is another one. I love that yeah, song. And, and then back to back on this, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, one you could the be other. mine. Mr. Brownstone. Yeah. Yeah. These guys, Mr. Brownstone, I love that song. I love that song. Oh, yeah. These, these guys at the peak of their powers at a massive festival. Like, oh, the, crazy. The, would just would have been insane to be in the mosh for one of those gigs. So it would have been cool. That's a, another fun fact in the book is like Slash goes into like how they were like notoriously late for shows, like hours late, not 15, 20 minutes, like hours late. And most of it was driven by Axel. Like he just wouldn't show up or he would just refuse to go on stage. Like it was, it, it, he gets pretty deep into the book. It, it, it It's pretty interesting stuff. If you guys have any interest at all, I definitely recommend it. It's a good read. I've heard Slash's book is is quite good. Yeah, it is really really good. I think I think there's a theme and a connection between the bands that I really don't like. <laughs> Egotistical frontmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, like I saw uh, Velvet Revolver live, and they were like three three and a half hours later, whatever yeah. it was. That was and their thing. Yeah, you know, that might as well be Guns N' Roses yeah. with you know a yeah. different singer. Well, it is Guns N' Roses with a different singer, but anyway. But yeah, I hate that idea of like make the crowd wait because yeah. they deserve to. No, it's annoying. Yeah, it's not a, a fan. It's, it's disrespectful. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Big time. But I also, especially back then, and the hype, and it goes to your head. I understand like the the ego with it. Uh, it's not justified, but I understand it. Mm -hmm. And that oh, also yeah. adds to this record, like knowing knowing this is like their first record out, knowing that they're that popular, like that must. That must go to your head. I would be a horrible human being if I, that ever happened to me. Like, and I will be the first one to admit that. Like, I would have been Axl Rose on, like, a, times a million. It's not, it's not hard to get to that point, though. Like, the lifestyle is no. intoxicating, right? Yeah. Mm. Especially, yeah. Especially 80s rock and roll scene. Yeah. Uh, the drugs, yeah. the partying. Hedonistic. Oh. 
everyone wants to be your best friend. Yeah. The money, you have all the money in the world to do whatever you want. And these guys are LA too, so that's all around them. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. like you're, yeah, exactly. You're friends with celebrities. Like yeah. just peak, peak. Like everything is at your fingertips. You can get anything you want at a moment's notice. Yeah. I yeah, I think these guys are like when I think of like rock stars. These like guys, crew rock stars. This yeah. is kind of the this is kind of like Motley Crue's up there. I was gonna a say bit, Motley Crue's got to be in that conversation. Mm. But these guys are what I picture all round. If you're talking rock stars, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. There's still rock stars today. If you talk about Slash yeah. or something or Axl Rose, people still get all like they're yeah. not in the mainstream media, but they they are rock stars yeah. through and through. Oh, yeah. they're, I would they're, argue that they're celebrities. Celebrities, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't yeah. say they're. I, I wouldn't say that uh, archetype of rock star is something to be idolized. Like, no, not at all. Oh, I'm not saying that. There's a lot Some of deep people flaws. love it though, big time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying they just what they did. They did, but they are extreme. Yeah. yeah, they are the they are rock stars in the yes. in the popular culture sense. Sure. And sense. it's for sure. Yes. It's crazy. Like these guys still sell out shows like it's nothing. And now that they got most of the original line back, like have any of you guys seen like Slash when he was by himself or sorry, not by himself, but doing his own thing with his own band and stuff like that or no. Okay. So I saw them back in 2013 when it was uh, Slash with the conspirators. Great, great show. Um, The bass, the basis for the band uh, did um, all the, like the vocals for the majority of the Guns N' Roses song. And he did a mm. really, really good rendition, which isn't easy because Axl Rose has quite the range. Um, mm. His version of, of uh, Out to Get Me was actually really, really fucking good. Um, and then I That'd saw cool. them when they reunited and they showed up on time, so that was good. <laughs> um, but great fucking show. <laughs> like they, they played everything you would expect them to play. It was phenomenal. Like it's, it's something special to just to see all those guys come back together, even whether they like each other or not, whether it's for the money whatever it's something special to see that all those guys get into it and and uh do their thing like yeah. just watching slash like play and shred is unbelievable the guy is just yeah. like dripping sweat he's hitting all of his notes um he, he does he, he is fun yeah he's so effortless on the guitar dude. exactly and and it really comes out on stage he does a great rendition of uh the godfather theme which is just so so cool it just adds a, a really cool vibe to the show he he has this way of he like smoking a cigarette still. Yeah. And he's still classic. okay. I know like not condoning smoking, but holy crap, I get why people are like smoking's cool because Slash makes it look yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he does a this thing. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so he like it sticks to his lip and it's just like it just hangs. like ninety percent ash yeah. and he's just like soloing <laughs> and he goes and it, like yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, and he, then he, then what he does is he flicks it into the crowd, and people go after his like cigarette yeah. butts. It's, gross. Oh my God. It's, yeah, it's gross, but like that's that's what I mean by this rock star mentality. Yeah, Matt, I get it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Maddie, I know it's hard because, like you said, there's yeah, every track's a a, one, every track's a single, but which one, which single song, so you find that one person on earth who hasn't heard a song from this album before, what song are you using to get them hooked? So I'm going. No singles. I'm going out to get me. That's probably really? like that's if it's not my favorite record on the album, it's it's definitely right behind it. Like it I wow. love, love this record. Oh, I thought you were going sweet trial of mine no, for sure. No, I I I want something hard, I want something heavy, I want something that I can crank. And that one okay. to me is, is right up there. 
Turn it up loud. Okay. Way to be. All right, we're going to travel back in time now from the 80s to the 70s. Get in the time machine. 70s, right, Dan? Is that where we're going? Yeah. You're wearing wearing a really tight T-shirt, probably gray or white, with a pair of really skinny jean denims. The shirt's tucked into the denim. Nice. No belt tuck. Don't need it. Pants are too tight. Your hair's long. You're sitting in your older brother's muscle car. He pops in an eight track of this. Right on. What's playing? Highway Star. Oh yeah. And your brother's cranking it to eleven. Had to pick had to pick this album. This is like some of the first, I would say, heavy metal that I used to listen to back in the day. Some of the first heavy metal, period. Yeah. Yeah. So this 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 is an album introduced by my dad and this and this anecdote that I had painted for you is kind of how my dad first listened to it, which was so in his old my uncle Don's Roadrunner eight track tape, the two of them blasting this. Oh cranked and, uh, to eleven. Yeah. I mean this I can picture I, it. I, I, I love this album so much. The the first song I listened to on this album was Lazy. Okay. Oh. I remember my dad introduces this song to me, and Chris, you'll, I'm sure you love that song because it's just it just starts with all pure organ. Yeah, and Big it's just fan. a slow build up, slow build up, and then the guitar pops in, and it just turns into this seven minute epic, which is just really, really heavy guitar playing, really, really heavy organ playing. And it wasn't until after I listened to that song that I started going through the whole album that I realized that Smoke on the Water was on this. Because mm-hmm. I had no idea. This is my introduction to, to Deep Purple. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is, I mean, this this to me is like, it's it's an essential in any record collector's collection if you collect oh, yeah. rock and roll, especially classic rock. It's I would say it's got to be in like your top 10. If, you're, if you have to pick one album per band... And you have to take ten albums of classic rock, and you can't have doubles from any band. This has to be in the top ten. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, spot on, Dan. Like, uh, this has to be the Deep Purple album for sure. It has to be. And yeah. like, as soon as he started talking about it, John Lord's solo from Highway Star just like inserted oh, itself so in my brain. Good. So good. It, that so that good. organ on on that album is just like it takes heavy to a different. Universe, a different dimension. It's yeah. amazing. The, the 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 way the way that the organ, like the gain on the organ, when when the volume starts to crank on it, it it's just to, to me to me that's the best part of the album. If you YouTube, if you type into YouTube John Lord organ, there's like heaps of videos of tutorials of how to get your your keyboard to sound like John Lord. Oh, that's oh, cool. that's so cool. That's, so sick. that's uh, yeah. I love it. It's a, it's such an iconic sound, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I'm I'm learning a lot about myself in in the music scene these days and I had discovered I had never listened to this album f- front to back. Wow. That's never, amazing. Like, yeah, well, I, I'm right, right there with you, Chris. You're a classic rock guy, right? Uh, see, I thought I like when people ask me I like well, I like the Who, I like some of the Stone stuff, but like but again, I was all listening to like greatest hits or what's on the radio. Yeah. yeah. And I knew like some of these songs, but 
again, I was like putting it on while doing things. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know. Like a couple of these songs were like, oh, it's on this album. Yeah. I knew it was yeah. Deep Purple, yeah. but I didn't know they were on this. Like, um, it's almost space, the greatest hits as well. It may right? as well like be. Space Truckin'. Space Truckin'. Yeah. And I, I think that's like, yeah. oh, man, I such love an underrated song. song on this album. Big time. Big time. I, it's Come my on. favorite on this album. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. So good. I, Love, this is a headbanger. Love... You can't listen yeah. to this album and not bang your head. Yeah, I right. agree. Like, but, and again, I think we had, because um, we were part of Columbia House. Uh, John Palumbo was part of Columbia House. So we probably, we always used to just get like, you remember those old CDs that was like the 20th century best of? Oh, yeah. And then it would have the mm -hmm. album. Like those. So we always had those. So that's how I had most of my music, um, like, to listen to rather than going with... Uh, with the album so i yeah when i dove into this i was like super excited to to be like okay i missed out again like this is like another black hole in my uh classic rock like vocabulary mm. was this album and i've been listening to it all week yeah um yeah, yeah you, it's great. Gotta, you gotta oh. find you gotta find a copy for your collection man it's like yeah I, man. Uh, do you know what it's, it's on my it's, it's on my list yeah. now it, i would argue it is essential it's um, my speakers that I have, I don't think will do it justice. I need to, uh, or sorry, eh, my speakers are okay. The receiver, I don't think can pump up enough power to make this, to make this pump enough. Yeah. But, uh, you got to yeah. crank. You got to crank. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. And when you want to talk about driving music, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. if you Highway want star. like the ultimate record to listen to while you're driving and you want to play it loud, this is it. Yeah, I'll, Yo, I'll, keep I'll, on trucking in the PT. See, I, I want to see something that stacks up to this for driving music. And this, when we're talking about, like, when you dig back into classic rock and if you look at the foundations of rock music today and heavy metal and metal, I mean, there's a band called Machine Head that are, that are a metal band. Like, they, yep. this is an influential album. Mm -hmm. This is early heavy metal. This is in the 70s, so this would have been so heavy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you've just come out of Flower Power and they're dropping this? Like, what? Yeah, think uh, of all the other bands. Mind blowing. Like, yeah. CCR, you know, was good. Yeah. 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 right? It's, oh, uh, man. I, yeah, I'm so glad this uh, this was on the list. It is definitely essential listening. Yeah. Well, these guys, uh, you know, this, what's crazy is that this is not a debut album. This is like their sixth or seventh album yeah. that they put out. Wait, what? Yeah, this yeah. is like so number this, six yeah. for them. Yeah, so no, it had been shit. a few albums, and and the problem that they were having was, they were they were so well known for, um, their live performances and how how great the tone and the vibe was in their live performances, and but they hated the fact that they couldn't get that same vibe on their on their studio albums. Interesting. And so, they, and so they really made a conscious effort to like let's we got to really polish our next album up so that we mm -hmm. sound like we do while we're on stage. And 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 they nailed it with this one. Oh, they did they ever? Yeah. So, so I, again, me being naive to the whole Deep Purple thing, is their earlier albums this heavy, or are they more like softer rock? Or they're 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 still like different. Pure, they're pure rock and roll, but they're not as okay. I don't. I would say they're not as heavy as this. Like I'd say this is like. Did this define this? This define kind of sound. This did not only define. No, I wouldn't say it defined their sound. This this made them iconic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good call. This okay. is a. They, they had a different. They've gone through numerous lineup changes too, Chris. Like. Yeah. But John Lord and Richie Blackmore and Ian Pace were probably the, the backbone. 
That, okay. that was the constant. Um, and But they've had different singers. Like, this was a different singer to their earlier work. Interesting. But, oh, okay. but like, the, the, real, the real point is, like, they, they, they were never really iconic before this, but this didn't really just define their sound, but it defined a sound. It really pushed the rock and roll scene in the early 70s to where heavy metal eventually really started taking taking hold in the late 70s and early 80s. A lot of it was inspired by this record. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, and you can hear it. Like when I'm listening to these songs, you you hear it. You even hear like the like the essence of almost riff rock or like yeah. what um well like early 2000s that that generation of of riff rock you hear it in this, mm-hmm. right? Like you can see the inspiration and how it it shared in that. But it's it's also uh, like right in the middle of like the sixties and seventies, right? Where like it it came out of the sixties, where it was like very poppy, rock and roll, psychedelic, yeah. with with the with the organ, the organ and the and the big solos, right? And then it yeah. went to like heavy duty. Yeah, these guys and you know, I mean, Zeppelin, Sabbath, these guys, they're pioneers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. As soon as I, I heard this album front to back, I was like, I get it. Like, I get it. I like, I missed, again, I missed it. I'm going to have to add this to my collection. Yeah. You, got a, you got a headbang. Just, oh, uh, I got just, a headbang. Just one more bit of trivia before before I get into my absolute essential song. Mm. Um, when they performed at the Montreux uh, Jazz Festival in Switzerland, uh, just before Frank Zappa was playing, there was a fire at the Montreux Casino. And the smoke over the lake is the inspiration for the song "Smoke on the Water." So cool. The, the lyrics are literally like him telling the story of exactly, exactly. what happened. Yeah, yeah. and it became yeah, it's the most incredible. iconic song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's Definitely. what's your pick, Dan? What are you getting? What are you throwing out there to get people hooked on this if they haven't heard it? It's gonna have to go with the first song I ever listened to from them too, "Lazy." It's my it's All my right. favorite right. Deep Purple song. Another deep cut. It's my favorite Deep Purple song, and that song gets me hyped up every time I listen to it. The, the, the intro is is just pure perfection. Nice. All right, Tom, you're next up. What do you got for us? Well, I'm so glad that... Uh that Dan brought the Deep Purple Machine Head vibe because <clears throat> my pick is uh, is contemporary um, and it's Australian, shock horror. Oh. Uh, but it is a throwback to the early heavy metal uh, sort of foundations of thrash. Uh, it's really an homage to uh, the, the pioneers of heavy metal. So I'm going, and this must be Love turned it. up to like, 12 or 15, 12, like higher, like, yeah, yep. as, as loud as it can go. The 12 speakers in the PT couldn't keep up with it. Exactly. <laughs> so my pick is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard infest no. the rat's nest. Who would have guessed? Big pick. This is, uh, this is thrash metal. This is, I've seen it described as sci-fi thrash metal about climate change. And essentially... Yeah. Side A is sort of current state of play, ecological disaster and a bit of looking forward. And then side two is like a, like a sci-fi story about some Earth rebels who try and uh, colonise Venus. 
just your standard King Gizzard and the Lizard yeah. Wizard album. <laughs> just an incredible <laughs> like, journey. <laughs> same shit, different genre. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, but these guys are incredible. I mean, we've, I've talked about them ad nauseum, but they're prolific, they're eclectic, they're super creative, and it just feels like every post's a winner with these guys. This was the album that got me into them, um, just because I am a headbanger. Um, I, yeah, I, I listened, this was my most listened to album last year. Planet B was my most listened to song last year. I listened to this on repeat. I bought it on vinyl. Um, the day after I saw them live for the first time, I went to the record store and I just said, I got to have this album. Um, and yeah, I spin it all the time. It is, um, as I said, like, I think Stu McKenzie, the band leader is a, a headbanger from way back. He loves his classic heavy metal. Um, you know, he loves his Deep Purple, he loves his Motorhead, he loves his Sabbath, loves his Zeppelin, etc. And, uh, you know, you could almost pick a, a different song in this album. Each one you could suggest a different band that could have played it or that it could have been influenced by. You know, there's, oh, yeah. there's a lot of Deep Purple vibes, there's a lot of Motorhead vibes, there's a lot of Metallica vibes, Sabbath. Slayer, Sabbath, Sleep. Like, there, it's, it's uh, yeah. if you love that... If you love that era of heavy metal, it's it's unreal. Yeah, you're, the idea of the influences coming through, that's what I loved about this album. Mm. I was telling you guys earlier in the chat, uh, I was into King Gizzard for a while, and now I'm finding myself kind of slipping. Um, but what I noticed, and I can't remember what song it was, but I just had like our full, I listened to everything through on our playlist, and then I just put it on random as yeah. I was doing something. And one of the songs started, I was like, oh, this is Deep Purple. And then the lyrics came in and I was like, holy crap, like that could have fit with a different <laughs> singer into the Deep Purple album. Like, totally. Perfectly. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't like the Greta Van Fleet argument we had where it felt like a, a, a complete ripoff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was, but it was like that distinct sound and it works really well. And I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. They, they really have developed the idea of how to use other bands' techniques and ideas um, to produce their own sound. And it is a very unique album. Like, Metallica vibes, like the ones... Um, crap, I can't... It's all blurring together, but I it might be Superbug. It's like the one... It jumps out. I was like, oh, this is... Like, you can hear the different influences. You can hear it, and, yeah. yeah. And it's just, like, so, so cool the way they do it. So Again, well done. I couldn't... Yeah, I couldn't connect with the lyrics, which I... Lately, I've been struggling with. We've had this conversation before, but the guitar playing and the the emotion and raw like musical talent is next level in this album. They, they are they're intellectual artists, and they yeah. are such masters of their craft. And this this album is kind of an island compared to the rest of their discography. Like, there's a yeah. little bit of heavy stuff in some of their other albums, but there's no like I thought they were a, like a thrash metal band. When I yeah. heard this album, that was my first introduction to them. And I was like, oh, wow, I just found a new metal, metal band. How awesome. And then it's so different to everything else they do. Right, which is why I struggled to get into them a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. like, what? you're like, okay, I expect this and it's something else, which I love. Don't get me wrong, I hate when bands pin themselves into a little corner. Um, but also at the same time, I'm struggling to, to get through some of their, their stuff because of that as well. Yeah, they're, yep. just, they're, but, they're but, just unique. On on, yes. on that point, not a bad thing. On on that point, like if this was not the first album I listened to by King Gizzard, but I 
I'm I'm not I'm not usually big into into death metal thrasher metal period, but mm-hmm. it's because of I'd listened to I think I had three albums by them and I got to this one on the fourth where I was like, oh my god these are these guys are really prolific musicians that I had so much respect for the work that they did and and when I listened to it I was like man I love this album, but it was it was exactly like you were saying it was how well they made those homages to different bands that got me sucked in where I heard there's the one song that sounds like a Sabbath song and that other song that sounds like a deep purple song. I was like, this is the kind yeah. of, of metal music I can vibe with. And so yeah. I, I, a guy like me who would never put an album like this on, uh, on period, I, I, I fell in love with it. And I, I, I did find like Venusian one and Venusian two being so similar kind of, felt like the album was dragging a little bit at the end which yeah, I can which see that. which kind of lo- which kind of lost me a little bit but maybe it's just because it's it's not necessarily my my flavor and my cup of tea but side eye is my preference side side is incredibly strong. strong it's really strong the whole album as a whole is is really good i mean it's only it's only half an hour so it's easy to get through yeah. um but man like yeah. king gizzard they're you got to you got freaks they're amazing, man. We need to change the name of this podcast. <laughs> Gizpod. The King, the King Gizzard Love Fest with the, with the groovy guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna switch sides. I'm gonna. Uh, they're too I'm gonna, cool. I'm gonna stop cool talking though. about. I'm I'm putting myself on a Giz band for a while. Oh god, no <laughs> more this. Giz talk until next season. No way, no way. This is garbage. I'm gonna kind of echo kind of what Dan shared there. Like I've never been one to kind of dive into like death or thrash metal whatsoever and i i might be the again the outlier here in the group like i i it took me a bit to get through this album just because i felt like i had to be in the right headspace but man Mm. once i actually did i was like their creativity on this record really really stands out um like just how great of musicians they are really stands out like two songs in particular that that struck me. Um, sorry, I just got to bring up the track list here because I forget the names. Uh, Mars for the Rich and Organ Mars Farmer. For the Rich. Man, so the guitar the, tones the on that songs, and the yeah. riffs. Oh my God, they're incredible. And again, I yeah. felt like, man, you could drop this in like in any era, any decade, and it would it would be fresh. Yeah, like yeah. those yeah. songs. I, I really like thoroughly enjoyed the, like those records. And honestly, I, I want to make that point too, where it's like the, the difference. And Chris, you made this this comparison when you started talking about it with Greta Van Fleet mm. and this being like yes. almost like a copy of older music. Yeah, this is it's it's a play on the old music, but it sounds fresh, just like yeah. you said, Matt. Yes, where they whereas, are sonically whereas, on this album is fantastic. Like I yeah. love this sound. Yeah, do you know, yeah. Do you know what's Greta, Greta Van Fleet feels like an actual copy. Yes. Yeah, which is so much harder. These guys did it, and it's. I feel like it's so much harder to do. Which, again, it's not my favorite album, but I had like instant respect. Yeah, and I think you guys, you guys articulated that a lot better than I, I did. But yes, that's what I was trying to say essentially. What's really interesting when you talk about how they did it so well, and it's really hard to pull off, and what they're doing in terms of the production of the album. They're normally a seven, or they were a seven piece. They're now a six piece. For the recording of this album, they were mostly a three-piece. Oh wow! wow. So I they, didn't even use I half their, they didn't even use half their band. That's insane. I thought this—they were like a five-six-piece band. Listening Easily. to this, 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, but this must have been a ton of overdubbing. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 But Stu, I mean. The, oh, I'd the love one, to see the setup. Yeah. Oh, wow. Watch some uh, stuff of them recording. They, so they started as a seven piece. They had two drummers. Yeah. Um, the drummer, the, one of the drummers, Eric, left and he now runs Flightless. Well, he started Flightless Records, which is, was their label. He's their label. Oh. And uh, so he left to just run Flightless. And so now they're a six piece. But for this, for some reason, they, they just had like core members. Mm, um, very cool. The, the, well, the one bit that you, you know, it is an homage, but if, he, if they hadn't got the vocal sound right, it would have, it w- they wouldn't have pulled it off. Yeah, and I Stu agree. McKenzie just absolutely nails the vocals. Uh, it's so like deep. He, he kills it, yeah. 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 So I, uh, uh, f- firstly, like you have to crank this. I can crank this all day long. I can listen to this. I mean, I have to wait till my wife is out of the house if I want to listen to it on vinyl <laughs> cranked. Yeah. But... But uh, I listen to this in the car, I listen to this in the house, I listen to this on walks. Like, I just absolutely love this album. Just just before you get to your song, I, I, I just for the listeners and even for you guys, you got to check out uh, not, not just the performance from this album, but uh, I'm not sure if you guys ever catch the live performances on KEXP radio. It's this, like, smaller indie radio station in Seattle and they always have really good bands playing full performances. And King Gizzard has has three or four episodes on that radio show. And not just this out like the songs from this album that they play, but from other albums. They're really, really solid live performances. They're all done in studio and well recorded. So I highly recommend oh, very for cool. anybody. Okay, I will check that I'll out. Check that out. So yeah. I, I was tossing up two tracks for this, um, and I, it, it's interesting you guys all like uh, Mars for the Rich. That's got that. Um, that's one of those tracks where I instantly thought of Deep Purple. It's got that really groovy sort of funky style to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I have to go with my most listened to song in 2021, which may have been a uh, some sort of reflection of the mood of living through a pandemic. But uh, <laughs> Planet Planet B is the song if I want to get someone. Hooked on this album, I'll be playing them. Planet B turned up to a hundred. Nice, good, good pick. All right, yep. nice. Yeah, it's it's a banger off the start. And yeah, it kicks off that album quite well. Yeah, side side A is is, uh, is really really strong. Yeah, it's yeah. really yeah. really good. Planet B sets a tone for sure. Yeah. This kind of reminded me of, of Dave Grohl's passion project, Probot, where he did the same thing. He went and um, so wrote a bunch of songs based on the influences of music he loved growing up, which was a lot of heavy metal. And then the difference is he went and got the lead singers from those bands and they wrote the lyrics and recorded the vocals. Oh, wow. Amazing. And, and, and there's, yeah, a, there's a, there's a Lemmy, Lemmy track. One of the singles was Shake Your Blood, which was a, a Lemmy track, and it's, it's a Motorhead song. It's amazing. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's awesome. And then also, uh, if you are a fan of Grohl and uh, a bit of heavy metal, he's just announced that they're going to release this album uh, by Dream Widow, which is the fictional um, demon band or whatever you want to call it in this new uh, horror movie that they've just brought out. So the yeah. the the album that Dream R- Widow recorded that releases this hell demon or whatever that happens in the movie. Um, he's going to release the actual album. That's cool. 
I, I just saw the trailer. Uh, it looks interesting. It yeah, looks I, I don't know if it's going to be a hit, but uh, I'm going to try and get my hands on that album. Uh, I'll, I, hopefully the album's good. The acting It looks is, really cheesy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but also, but it looks like it's supposed to be a cheesy horror movie, right? Yes. So, yeah. like, so maybe it'll of, work. Yeah, it, it, like look at Pick of Destiny, right? Yeah. They did such a good job, and it was cheesy um, on purpose. And at yeah. first I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like it. And then... Man, that Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny is in an unreal it's movie. hilarious. Right? So good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, that And also, speaking of uh, of loud, Dave Grohl just came out about some issues he's having with his hearing. Oh, really? Oh, no so, way. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. So I, I saw that a little bit. I haven't – I just saw the kind of the headline. Uh, it was either yesterday or today when I was scrolling through uh, Reddit oh, there. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, um, well – you, to see what comes of that. You know mm-hmm. when, when Tom, when you were going through like the talking about the decibels and stuff and yeah. how it affects yeah. I I mean I have I have tinnitus and I, I'm I'm a young guy. I'm 35 and I, I, I've been dealing with tinnitus for 10 years and it's one hundred percent because of of playing, playing guitar, guitar and cranking yeah. the music, going to shows, standing next to the speaker, to the point now where even while I'm playing guitar in headphones. I have to put earplugs in mm. because if I don't and I take my headphones off, like my my ears feel like they're filled with mud. Like that's you how gotta bad look after yourself, is. man. And so that's yeah. the thing. Like for 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 listeners, for for anybody out there, like yeah, I I'm personally worried. Like, and we're talking about Dave Grohl, who's a guy whose his life has been rock yeah. and roll. So, so only, turn it up to imagine. eleven. Turn it up to eleven, but do it responsibly. Yeah. Wear ear, wear earplugs when you go to when you go to concerts, guys. It's okay. Not- so me and Matt went to a show not too long ago before they shut everything down for like the seventeenth time at History, right, Matt? Yeah, it was History. History. Yeah, it, that venue, the sound in that venue is crystal clear yeah. and beautiful. Like oh, it, it was, was one perfect. of that's awesome. It was which is hard to find Glad and to Monster Tr- Monster Truck played, which is like a Hamilton riff rock band, yeah. and they play loud. And then Thorn or um, not Thorn, like Big Wreck plays loud as well. And you could hear every note. You could hear everything. Yeah. And when we got home, my parents were looking after my daughter and me and Matt got home with a couple other friends. And my parents were like, stop yelling. Yeah. Because me oh, and Matt really? were fucking <laughs> screaming. <felt> so bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. But and the next morning I woke up and I was still yelling and, it, and I was like, OK, I need to go get earplugs to get because like. I couldn't hear for three days. So, Dan, I feel you. Wear earplugs. Uh, I love turning it up to 11, but uh, downside, Dan, I, I don't think uh, 35 constitutes young. I think it's uh, middle age. Yeah, this I, think, is, I think we're this getting is the, uh, it, it's, This it's is the. Young, uh, it's young to lose your hearing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is young to, to lose, but to have permanent tinnitus. It is. But you know <laughs> what? I think, I think we're all in there because we all listen to our music loud. Thanks. Thanks, Pup Deep Purple. <laughs> Thanks, headphones. Thanks, Giz. <laughs> All right. I think uh, slash. I think we are well and truly ready for our next installment of the hot take. Let's go, uh, Chris. And you're moving house at the moment, so maybe we're not yep. going to have the wheel here. But I feel like the, maybe Matt's got some cool sound effects up his sleeve. So, Chris, what do we got on the wheel? All right. So we have uh, best cover song, uh, most iconic riff. And how many albums to be iconic? 
man, they really just tackle it. Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the turmoil we put ourselves through. All right, so we're going to spin right, the wheel. I got, I got my fingers crossed on, on a particular one. The suspense is killing me. And it is a, a most iconic riff. Oh, yes. Nice. That's uh, appropriate. Oh, yes. I think it is. Yeah. I feel like Dan's got to kick us off here. Look at yeah, it. Yeah, I think Dan's got to throw this one okay. out. Uh, I, I, I will start us if, off. If, if any of you steal mine, I'm going to be so fucking mad. Well, that would just make that the winner. <laughs> okay. Most iconic riff. I was really hoping that it would line up with this episode because... Shit, me too. It's on the album that I picked. I knew oh, you I were going to do this. Smoke on Water. It's like yeah, the first song it. everyone learns on their guitar. It's the most, like, I didn't even know it was a Deep Purple song until I heard it on this album. Are you in there too, Chris? Yeah, it's it Smoke is. on the Water. It's 100%. You, you pick up a guitar and you play one of two songs when you first hear it, and it all depends on when you were born. Yeah. You play Smoke on the Water or you play Seven Nation Army. And those are the two, and those are the two songs that anyone learns firstly on the guitar. But it's "Smoke on the Water" okay. for sure. It's so hands down. You can't beat it. Can't beat yeah, it. Yeah, okay. you can't. It's it's, it's definitely simplistically. Good luck. Good luck, boys. It it's simplistically <laughs> beautiful. It's already two on it's, this side. <laughs> it's it's so simple. It's perfect. I I couldn't that, agree more. That riff got me in love with what I like to call riff rock. My buddy Greg Hood will literally send me songs. He's like, you're going to like this because there's a good riff in it. I am a sucker for a good riff, and <laughs> yeah. that is the best riff ever written. I'm going uh, to let you go next, Matt, and then I don't think I'm even going to bother. I'm just going to read out my short list real quick because I don't right. feel like I can beat. So before I pick mine, <laughs> I want to give two honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, this is bullshit as usual. <laughs> so, honorable men- mention number one, and I guarantee you, no one's going to agree with me whatsoever. But it's a riff, or it's a yeah, it's a riff I really enjoy. Is uh, Cliffs of Dover, Eric Johnson? How about new? Most iconic riff, though, like that. I don't even know it. Like, no, no, this is why it's an honorable, honorable mention. mention. It's an honorable Yo, mention. Can you- can you? He's mentioned can you it. Is it this is more like one that I really enjoy. It's I. I don't even think it would make iconic rip for like. If you were to pick a hundred people out there, I guarantee you no one would no would mention it. I Chris don't, even, I don't know even know. It. I don't even know it. Hum it for me, Matt. Let me hear it. You don't know it. I don't know it. So, okay. honorable yeah. mention number two, and I. I was really close to picking this. Is Johnny B. Good, Chuck Berry? Oh, okay, that's yep. a big. That was on my list. That's a, that's that's a, that's a monster that's riff. Big one. Yeah, and it's 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 timeless. It's iconic because it was that's, like the first. It's yeah. on yes. the golden yeah. record, boys. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a timeless space. riff, and it's, it's been space. covered how many times and how oh many different fashions. So, yeah. but the Chuck one Perry's going to be the reason some that's interstellar an species likes rock and roll. That that was yes. So it was between Johnny B. Good and what I'm going with, and oh, what I'm going with. That's the oh, that's the honorable mention. Yep. Don't say okay. sweet child of mine, please. <laughs> oh, Dan, come I, on, you're giving it away. You're giving away the really? game. 
Really? Uh, fuck, no, I'm kidding. I'm doing that to just to build it up. No, oh, man. So that was what intense. I'm going with, Seven Nation Army, you can't. Okay. I'm sorry. Yep. Okay. That, that to me is the ultimate riff. Nope. That was that was my number two. So let's go two mentions as well. So that's yep. something. That means something. That, yeah. Oh no, it doesn't. Like it's no, a I'm monster. Garbage. You got two solid picks for Smoke on the Water, and yeah, one yeah, no, honorable I, mention and one actual pick. So that's what I'm saying. So two it's, golds, it, it, a bronze, it's, it's and a on, silver. It's, it's in the conversation. It's yeah, totally. again, it's in, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's up there. It's yeah. a monster, monster riff, monster song. It, again, it's been transformed how many times? It, like. People everywhere around the world know that song in one way, shape, or form. Whether it's a sports yeah. anthem, whether it's the actual mm -hmm. song itself, um, there, it's been remixed a few times too, yeah. which turned into massive hits. Like that is a big, big uh, riff. You know, and again, you know, it's, you know, it's great too. That's the chorus of the song. Is that riff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's so cool. It's, and again, simplicity. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but isn't that what a riff is? A riff is a simple set of, of notes that just kill it. It's, yeah. it's so hard to write a riff that's never been written before. It's yeah. an earworm. Yeah, it gets in, it doesn't get out. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And, and, and yeah. here's the thing, it, typically a, ri a riff sets the rhythm for the song, but yeah. an iconic riff has to also set the melody for the song. And so, so far all of these oh. have, all, all of these great yeah. picks have, so... Mm -hmm. Okay, well, all right. so I'm going to read okay. you my short list, boys. Because oh, you got to make already, a pick, though. You got to make I've a pick. I've made a pick. The top okay. of my oh. pick. The top of my list is my pick. So I'm going to read that one last. Right. I'm going to read right. you my uh, short list. I hate these lists. I thought <laughs> we were supposed to be. We've, we've, already, decided. Yeah, we've, supposed we've to be already decided. We've already decided. We've already decided. So I'm changing the rules. Whatever. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Here's my short list. Back in black. Okay. It's yeah, it's solid. Classic. It is good. Yeah. Wonderwall. Matt, could you do this one? I feel like you've got the, I, uh, the right. I don't know if I could do that. I one. don't feel like this fits. No. No, no, I don't think it's, I don't shouldn't think even, that counts. Shouldn't even have been on the list. List, oh, yeah, okay. I don't feel oh, it. it. Did, you know what it doesn't make you do? A good riff makes you do, makes your head bang. That song doesn't yeah. make my head bang. It's not a good riff. No. Calm your jets. Calm your jets. Ted, Ted Nugent Stranglehold. Okay. Okay. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Horrible song. Iconic. 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 Someone hit me with a snare. Right on. So we got I feel like group. I feel like the snare. See again, I'm gonna argue a good riff makes me headbang. That riff doesn't make me headbang until the snare comes in, right? It needs assistance. Where the other two don't need assistance, but <laughs> but that's just assistance. my that's just this riff it needs assistance. Yeah, it, it needs some help. Assistance to the riff, please. <laughs> uh, Johnny, be good. Yeah, that was yep. that was that's a, a that big was it. pick. That's a big pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and that was almost yeah. my pick. But the top yeah, of that, my list that was like P two. The top of my list was Smoke on the Water. Deep oh, oh. <laughs> way to go! I, I knew that's why you're shutting in. it down. <laughs> that's a big uh. one. <laughs>
Yeah. It is decided. Love it. Nice. Nice. you guys. Okay. Int- nice. it's so on my list, I had Johnny Be Good. I had Smoke on the Water and Seven Nation Army. I feel like we were so, all on the same part. Three really strong that, Honestly, guys, you guys suck. Right? I didn't even have a list. I had one red Smoke <laughs> on the Water. So, but here's the thing. Yeah, my Smoke on the Water, it was super easy. Someone said riff, and I was like, yeah. That's like, it? That's, that's the yep. riff. Because and, I, and then my I was like, oh, what else? And then it was Seven Nation Army, and it was Johnny Be Good because I was in a Back to the Future mood. Um, but yeah. there you go. Like, but that's it, right? Because I'm, I'm with you, Chris. The riff has to be unsupported. Yes, and it, yeah, that that's be that's the on. essence. The essence of the riff. It's it's the, the flavor. Essence, the essence. Yeah, the drums. Of the, riff. the drums aren't the, the flavor. The riff is the flavor. The <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it has good essence, it doesn't require assistance. Exactly. Yeah. That's what they always say. I think say. Wolfmother deserves some honorable mentions on. So they they know how to rip some. Riffs. Not iconic enough. Mm-mm. Guys, they know read how to rip. Same with iconic. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not saying. I thought the assignment saying, said make lots of suggestions gyms, and don't yeah. really settle on anything. Wasn't that the oh, assignment? It's a hot take. Monster truck. You guys want some riff rock? Check out Hamilton's very best Yo, monster, monster truck. truck is sick. I'm gonna check yeah, out. Monster yeah. truck is awesome. Are they like yeah. stoner rock? No. I would straight up call them riff rock. Yeah. Literally, riff every rock. song is just a riff. There's a reason why they tour with Big Rack. Yeah. Right. yeah. And sound like, like them. do you know what though? They, I saw them alive at Bonnaroo and they put them in this like tent with no security guards for moshing. And literally the crowd destroyed the place because it's, it's like mosh pit central. Yeah. It's, it's even like more riff rock than like, um, big wreck The people go nuts and they're loud and they wear all denim. I'm pretty sure they wear the same denim jacket. Like they wear denim jackets Yeah. or sorry, cut off denim. Like so that's really cool. No, with no shirt underneath, I and they just sweat up a storm, and you can see the sweat stains, and they just have like Canada flags shoved down their pants, and they're I just find, like running around like animals. I find they're like audio slave without Chris Cornell. Oh well, no, uh. wait, no, that's uh, wait, really? Yeah, monster truck. Yeah, hmm. no, I don't see it. But that's, that's still okay. quite the compliment. Oh, it's yeah. I would I wouldn't go that far. Like I love monster truck, and I would I don't think they're on the same page as that. I wouldn't say they're on they're the same page, but like sound wise. But it's the vibe. Oh, okay. It's the vibe. Okay. All right. You guys got anything else? No, I think, no, we're good. I think that's it. It's pretty solid. I think that wraps yeah. it up. Okay. Yeah. So Smoke what, on the water. So, Deep Purple, Machine Head, listen to Pup, Morbid Stuff. We've got Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, and King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Infest the Rat's Nest. I think Deep Purple wins the day today in terms of turning it up to 11 because not, not only were they one of the album choices, they also won the hot take. Get out there, Three listen to, to those things. Get to your record stores, have a dig. Also, before we leave, just a shout-out to Les Paul and Leo Fender. Without their innovations, we wouldn't be talking about things that's turning up to 11. That's they brought us the modern point. electric guitar. So that's awesome. Crank it up. Bang your head. How? How can we do an episode and not mention Spinal Tap? He did, right yeah. at the beginning. I mentioned him at the start. No. Did you? Yeah. Well, turn well, it up to listening. 11? Well, I know. I, I've been I, saying I got turn the... everything up to 11. <laughs> Which, but I, I didn't hear the mention of Spinal Tap. He, but he, he said, one of the, he said they Spinal one of the Tap the and had quotes from the movie. Points things. Oh, my in God. The, wow, the dogs, were, the dogs were snoring too welcome, loud. I couldn't hear welcome it. Welcome to the episode, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Cut all that out. All right, well, that's a dash. Sorry. No, do I'm not gonna... cut that out. Do not cut <laughs> that out. <laughs> what an idiot. Don't this guy's an idiot. <laughs>
What an idiot. Oh, what a loser. Good. Good. More for me and you. Do all the stuff with the liking and the subscribing and the emailing. Greatexpectationspod at gmail.com. Send us a note. Maybe send Chris some reminders or something. And uh, until next time, keep digging and spinning. Peace. Cheers. This is a top to, uh, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah. the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board. Oh. 11, oh, 11, mostly 11, and then... Amps go up to 10. Exactly. The groovy guys are Tom Kennedy, Dan Lozier, Chris Palumbo, and Matt Carvalho. With your host, Tom Kennedy, music by Dan Lozier, post-production by Matt, an album art by Chris.